The bottom line is that in too many places, black boys and black men, Latino boys and Latino men, experience being treated differently under the law. Welcome back. This is Righteous or Evasive, our new podcast focusing on the use of plea bargains. I'm Matteo Carvalho. And I'm Lucy Russell. We will delve into the complex criminal justice system and explore the negative byproducts of the frequent use of plea bargains. We will discuss how racism pervades our society and analyze cases in which this travesty is brought to center stage. All of this and more in today's episode of Righteous or Evasive. A growing body of research shows that people of color are more likely to be stopped, frisked, questioned, charged, detained. African-American males comprise only 5% of the total United States population, but they make up an astounding 40% of the entire prison population. This massive disparity is an issue that has been receiving more and more attention, but nonetheless has not seen much improvement in the past few years. With the recent surge in movements such as Black Lives Matter, Incomparable social justice groups, unfair treatment of African Americans by police has been brought to light. The deaths of black men, such as Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown, serve as tangible, prominent examples of injustice perpetrated by actors in the criminal justice system. But there are still many more subtle forms of discrimination that people of color endure. Research shows that there is implicit racial bias found in every single stage of the justice system, from arrests to plea bargaining and from jury verdicts to sentencing. In a report published by Slate.com, eight charts depicted the racial disparities that exist at every step in the criminal justice process. Their findings show that Black Americans are more likely to have their cars searched. Black Americans are more likely to be arrested for drug use. Black Americans are more likely to be jailed while awaiting trial. Black Americans are more likely to be offered a plea deal that includes prison time. Black Americans may be excluded from juries because of their race. Black Americans are more likely to serve longer sentences than white Americans for the same offense. Black Americans are more likely to be disenfranchised because of a felony conviction. Black Americans are more likely to have their probation revoked. Frustration over this unfair treatment has been documented by popular culture in the past few decades. Music, movies, and books are forms of expression in which artists can voice their opinions on hot-button topics with a platform that can reach thousands if not millions of people. Issues that artists feel strongly about can get the spotlight they deserve. As heard in the previous audio clip, NWA's infamous Fuck the Police 
was one of the inaugural pieces written in response to social issues, especially relations between minorities in America and the police. In 2015, a biopic titled Straight Outta Compton was released. This biopic focuses on the formation and the rise of NWA as a hip-hop group. And in the movie, there are many references to police brutality and the growing tension and conflicts between the minority communities and the American judicial system. One of the most memorable examples being the race riots that occurred after the Rodney King trial in 1992. NWA was not the first group to criticize the police force or the American judicial system. And since then, there have been numerous artists that have done so. Uh, one example would be Vince Staples, a young rapper from California who's released tracks such as Hands Up, talking about police violence and police brutality against minorities. North Division trying to stop my blackness. I'm watching for them badges when out in traffic. Them 9-11's been a tad bit frantic. If lights start flashing, please don't panic. The DEA giving out gang enhancements. Can barely even hang the build a case off camera. CCAT tracking criminal patterns. Tricking niggas in and taking strikes to get out faster. Freedom bribery, nigga, cause we hardly quit. Social media that lead to fast photography. Chance the Rapper is another artist that's released songs discussing the tensions between African-American communities and police. And many have called Vic Mensa's song, 16 Shots, the modern day equivalent of Fuck the Police. While these artists rarely explicitly mention plea bargaining in the judicial system, they speak on racial bias that is present in all levels of the judicial system. While it has been contended that there is implicit racial bias found in every single stage of the justice system, Plea bargaining is an area in which it is especially prevalent. Racist.org describes how stereotypes that may influence the outcome of plea bargains include black people are violent, hostile, and prone to criminality. Black people are less human, so the prosecutor may be less likely to detect remorse from a defendant's body language, and several others. All of these stereotypes have the potential to contribute to plea deals that have prison time for black. In this segment, we will focus on a specific study that demonstrates how racism relates to plea bargains. I uh, felt it very important for our office to evaluate uh, how, if at all, uh, race played a part in any decision-making in our office. Cyrus Vance, the Attorney General for New York, reached out to Vera an institute that works closely with the government to build and improve justice systems that ensure fairness, promote safety, and strengthen communities. This research project involved a partnership between the Vera Institute of Justice and the New York County District Attorney's Office. Vera and the District Attorney's Office conducted a study of the office's current practices, addressing the complex relationship between prosecutorial decision-making and racial and ethnic justice. Uh, Vera came into our office for more than two years, had their own space in our office, had access to uh, prosecuting attorneys to interview them, had access to hundreds of thousands of case files, electronic, and also many paper files. 
This partnership was a huge undertaking and groundbreaking in its nature. Researchers are rarely given access to the data necessary to investigate the relationship between race and ethnicity and prosecutorial outcomes. And in most jurisdictions, much of this information is not systematically captured. For these reasons, the access that the Attorney General granted to the Vera Institute was unique and thus has the power to alter the way criminal justice systems conduct their proceedings. This new research serves as a potential catalyst for change. And now we dive into the findings. The analysis was conducted for three different categories. All misdemeanors in the data set proved by DAMY, the random sample of 1,246 misdemeanor marijuana cases, and the random sample of 1,153 felony non-marijuana drug cases. For all misdemeanors, a greater percentage of blacks, 47%, received custodial offers compared to the 32% for Latinos, 22% of whites, and 8% of Asians. After considering various factors such as including arrest circumstances, evidence gathered, charge seriousness, and prior record, blacks were 13% more likely and Latinos were 5% more likely to receive custodial sentence offers, which is when the court requires mandatory custody of the convict. However, Asians were 25% less likely to receive this outcome as compared to white defendants. Racial disparities were particularly large for misdemeanor drug offenses, followed by misdemeanor person offenses, and least pronounced for misdemeanor property offenses. For all drug misdemeanors analyzed, Black defendants were 27% and Latino defendants 18% more likely to receive a custodial sentence offer as compared to similarly situated white defendants. To put this in simple terms, Overall, if you are a black defendant, you are more likely to be offered a plea deal by prosecutors that includes prison time than white or non-black minorities. Even after controlling many factors, including the seriousness of charges and prior record, blacks were 7% more likely than whites to be offered such deals. This means that blacks are serving more time in jail while white and Asian convicts are spending more time doing probation or community service for the exact same crimes. In our next segment, we will explore a case in which these statistics are brought to life. On January 18, 2015, Brock Turner, a student athlete at Stanford University, sexually assaulted an unconscious 22-year-old female behind a dumpster. He was arrested and charged with two counts of rape, two counts of felony sexual assault, and one of attempted rape. Turner pled not guilty to all charges but was found guilty of two charges of felony sexual assault and one charge of attempted rape. However, the judge, Aaron Persky, sentenced Turner to six months in prison, whereas the prosecution called for six years in prison. Following his conviction, Turner was released three months after serving his six-month sentence. The Brock Turner case is similar to another case that Judge Aaron Persky ruled on, and this was the case of Raul Ramirez. 2014, Raul Ramirez, a 32-year-old immigrant from El Salvador, was arrested for sexually assaulting his roommate. Ramirez entered a plea bargain in which he pled guilty to the crime, and he was sentenced to three years in prison. Upon examination of the two cases, it can be found that there are many disparities in the two. For example, Ramirez spoke to police afterwards, he apologized immediately, and showed remorse for his actions, whereas Brock Turner fled the scene before being chased down 
and restrained by two students that stopped the assault. And during the case, he showed little to no remorse. Brock Turner was white and from a background of wealth, whereas Robert Ramirez was a Latino man and was not from a background of wealth. Judge Persky said that sentencing Brock Turner to a period of six years in prison would be detrimental to the boy's future, whereas that is not the same consideration he had for Raul Ramirez. Now, critics of Judge Persky, and of which there are many, with more than a million people now calling for his resignation from the Superior Court of California, aren't arguing that Raul Ramirez should have gotten a lesser sentence, but arguing that Brock Turner should have been given a sentence at least equal to that of Raul Ramirez since the crimes were so similar. The Brock Turner case is just one example of how racial biases can influence the sentencing of courts in America, and it is also an example of how plea bargains are used in our judicial system. Brock Turner could afford to have a trial and afford to pay very good defense attorneys who ended up getting him such a lenient sentence, whereas Raul Ramirez pled guilty to his crimes, and because he admitted his guilt, he, he was given a harsher sentence, which is not what the intent of plea bargains is and shows how their use has been changed, helped create large racial disparities in our judicial system. I think prosecutors are uniquely situated to fix this problem. And the reason is because prosecutors are the most powerful officials in our criminal justice system, bar none. I think they're more powerful than judges because they make the charging decision and they make the plea bargaining decision. And those decisions are the decisions that really drive our criminal justice system. After studies such as the Vera Institute's partnership with the New York Attorney General were done, they allowed us to focus on actions and steps that must be taken in order to close these disparities. After the results of the research were published, Cyrus Vance promised to move forward with implicit bias training for his assistants to guard against unconscious prejudices in their decision making. He said he was glad to know the information and that it was more important that we find out, ask the questions, and deal directly with what is uncovered rather than failing to ask the questions at all. As the director of the Vera Institute states, the lives of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, have been improved as a result of our efforts. And yet there is so much more to be done. The work they have done, along with similar organizations across the country, can create the progressive change that the criminal justice system is in dire need of. This is not an occurrence that can be fixed overnight, as cases such as the Brock Turner trial have unveiled. Racial bias in plea bargains is a deeply rooted problem, but by sparking a conversation about it, we can be the agents of change for the better.